It's time to unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enroll now. Kangan.edu.au. RTO 3077. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hello and welcome to Dwayne's World. Great to have your company wherever you might be listening. It's midday of madness time. You call, you get on. That's the midday of madness promise. And the number is 1300 736 736. That's the open line. It's brought to us by Werribee Kia. You call, you get on. Next two hours, your calls for midday of madness. 1300 736 736. Werribee Kia awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. And Midday Matters brought to you by Work Locker, Karen Downs and Packenham, unlock stocked and full of value. Work where for wherever you work. Visit worklocker.com.au. Anything in the world of sport you'd like to discuss, jump on that open line and we will get you on. We'll keep you in touch with trades that happened during the course of the afternoon. Tom Morris is going to join us as well in the next couple of hours whenever there is a trade done. And guess what? There might have been a trade done. Tom Morris does have the news, I understand. So we'll get straight to Tom right now. Thanks to Tyre Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. Straight to Tom, then straight to you. Welcome to you, Tom. Great to have you back. <laughs> Thank you, Dwayne. Good to be back. So the trade that has gone through this morning, this is official, or the AFL's yet to announce it, but they will because the deal is done, um, is that Shane McAdam has gone from Adelaide to Melbourne and a future second-round pick has gone from Melbourne back to Adelaide. Now, crucially... Melbourne had two future second round picks. One was theirs and one was the uh, Sydney Swans. And they sent the one that's theirs back to the Adelaide Crows. And I guess it gives the Crows um, an extra selection next year to help bid for Tyler Welsh, who is the son of Adelaide great Scott Welsh and is likely to be a high draft pick. So that pick, that is done. A future second rounder for uh, Shane McAdam. Good to have Mr. Melbourne on. So they run all Melbourne stuff through you these days before <laughs> it actually goes uh, to public. Let me tell you this, Dwayne. I've never been called Mr. Melbourne and I never want to be called it again. <laughs> That's <laughs> definitely not me. <laughs> but uh, so this ends up, well, the future second round picks yeah. of Melbourne, what, win the flag. It'll be around pick 40. Yep. Uh, if they don't win the flag, it'll be something less than that. Between, that's right. you know, 20 and 40. Yeah, that's exactly right. So that's what happens with these future picks. And um, I think if you compare this deal to the Liam Henry deal from uh, Fremantle to St Kilda, it's about right. So Liam Henry is 22 years old. He's played 16 games this year. Um, and he was pick nine. And he was a future second round pick. Yes, there were some later um, selections that were shuffled about. But essentially a future second round pick. Shane McAdam is 28. He'll be 29 next year. He played seven senior games this year for a variety of reasons. And Adelaide has still managed to get a future second round pick in return. So I think the, mm. I actually think the Crows have done pretty well here. Yes, Melbourne get the play they want, but I think the Crows have done well to get the uh, to get that selection in, which will help them in 2024. It is interesting the sliding scale as to what he might be worth and what Adelaide think Melbourne season is going to be like next year, as opposed to what Melbourne season mm. might actually be like. Because yeah, I'm probably with you on it. Is he worth the pick, you know, 36, 34, maybe? Something around that range. So, yeah, it probably will end up being about right because Melbourne will have a good year next year. I mean, they're not going to fall off the face of the earth next year, are they? No, that's right. And, I mean, essentially Melbourne has turned Brody Grundy into uh, the Brisbane's Tom Fullerton and Adelaide's Shane McAdam. So, you know, given that Brody Grundy wasn't in their best team, Fullerton might not be, but Shane McAdam will be. Um, they've got money to spend, as we've spoken about before, Dwayne. And I think... Um, I think they'll be pretty happy with their work. You know, t- Tim Lamb um, would still love to get pick one. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to be able to do it, but that's why he's a list manager and I'm not. <laughs> I think, I think yeah. they're still going to try to get it and, and, and do the best they can to move up the draft order. All right, so tell me, if, if Asava Radagalia goes into the draft 
and Brandon Zirk Thatcher goes into the pre-season draft. Is there a chance another club might take both of them before they even get to Port Adelaide's pick? Well, there's always a chance. I've, I've checked in with the AFL. Um, oh, Dwayne, I've done a, a couple of different interviews. I can't remember whether it was you. No, it was Kane Corns who said who yeah. asked yesterday whether um, Asava Radigalia would be compelled or forced to do a uh, a medical at um, all the clubs or do a do an AFL mm. medical of which the data is then distributed to all the clubs before the national draft because the intention, as according to Port Adelaide, is that Asava Radigalia, if he goes through this trade period without reaching them, will not do a medical at Hawthorne or North Melbourne or any other club that's above them. So I'm waiting on an answer back from the league on that because it could be considered draft tampering if you refuse to do medical to the clubs you don't want to go to. So that's one of the little wrinkles that's mm. been added here. But there's but always... It's not a... draft tampering. If, if Radigalia says, I want to go to yep. Port Adelaide in the national draft, he's allowed to say that, whereas an 18-year-old's not allowed to say it. Same draft, but he's allowed to say it and the 18-year-old's not. Is that what you're saying or are you asking me that? Well, I'm asking you that. He's, he, he's obviously allowed to say, I want to go to Port Adelaide. Uh, well, yeah, he's allowed to... I think saying something is different to actually physically refusing to do a medical at a yeah, club so they know, can't but, pick but you no up. But no kid's allowed to say, hey, I'd, I'd really like to go to Collingwood. Well, what do, you think, what do you think the repercussions would be if, if they said, oh, if, if, if a Nick Dacos type, who's not a, not a father-son, yeah. says, I've always gone, supported Collingwood, um, even though he went for Carlton when he was very young, mm. and I want to go to the Pies, I can't imagine there being any repercussions for that. No, but we don't get that honesty from players ever, will we? Hey, I'd, I'd I really wish we like did. to go to Collingwood. wish we did, oh, Dwayne. Well, yeah, but that's the silly world we're in. That's, the, that's what I'm trying to emphasise. Yes. It seems to be... A bit of a silly world when the 18-year-olds can't say what the 24-year-olds can. So why wouldn't North Melbourne take Radicalier then? Why wouldn't they just pick him in the draft? Well, they might not be able to do a medical with him. Um, they might also not want a player that's disgruntled and doesn't want to be there. Um, mm. They might not want a player that won't sign a long-term deal. It just might not be worth the hassle for them, given that they're rebuilding and not necessarily in the window. So mm. um, that's something they'll have to weigh up. I think Pre-season draft for Zerk Thatcher than it would be. Yeah. So he would go pre-season draft. And the same... Question is asked, but wouldn't North Melbourne if they took pre if they took Zerth Thatcher in the preseason draft simply say, well, what, do you want to play or not? We've got you. Yeah. If you don't want to play, you don't want to play. But if you want to play, you're playing for us. Yeah, I mean, there's all these veiled threats this time of year, Dwayne. You know it better than anyone. You know you've lived this now for a long time. There's always veiled threats, and occasionally they come true. You know, Jackson Hately went from the Giants to mm. Adelaide via the preseason draft. Jack Martin went from Gold Coast to Carlton via the preseason draft with some. Um, tactical um, contractual negotiations. But by and large, these, t- these deals will get done. And I think Zerk Thatcher will get done. I think Dersmer will get done in the end um, and likely as part of the same um, arrangement. Asava Radaglia, I've got no read on just because they're so far apart. So that's the one I'm, watch- I'm watching really closely. But based on history, you'd suggest that it gets done as well. But not today. What might get done today is the Dow Caulfield kind of deals, yeah, the likely bubbling. ones today. Yeah, that's bubbling, that one. So there's been a little bit of movement on that. Um, I'm still trying to put my finger on exactly uh, what the selections and the picks are, but it's between Essendon, St Kilda, Carlton and the Western Bulldogs and the two players involved and Nick Caulfield, who will go from the Saints to the Dogs um, for a pick 40 and then the Dogs will get more back uh, as well. Um, and then... Uh, and the, oh, uh, sorry, the, the dogs will the dogs will give up pick forty, and they'll get more back along with Caulfield. And then the other deal is Paddy Dow from Carlton to St Kilda, and Paddy Dow will get there in the end. It's just about whether it's a future third or a future fourth or a combination of a few things. Essendon's there to prop up some picks, so they're the four clubs that are involved. They're deep in discussions, 
I think of all the deals, that's more likely to get done today. Um, and what it means is uh, Elliot Himmelberg will probably stay at, um, at Adelaide as well. Mm. I know he's been trying to get out to the Giants. They haven't been able to find a replacement. They tried to get Chole. They tried to get Petty. Um, but he's got 12 months left on a contract. And, um, and, and, and I think he'll have to see that through and go as a free agent next year. And the bigger question, Tom, just in brief, um, who gave you permission to call the breakfast show Tom and Gary <laughs> as opposed to the other way around? I never, ever call it that. What are you talking you did. about? I heard you did. I heard you say Tom and Gary for breakfast. Dwayne. Tom and Bucks. Dwayne, find the audio, prove it All to right. me or it didn't happen. All right. No, just checking, <laughs> Tom, but you're doing a great job on breakfast, by the way, and uh, questions about notice has become massive. Hey, I just asked the question with Sammy Edmund yeah. earlier on before I came on, and I... The lines are open, one 736 If you've got an answer to my question, given cricket's your portfolio, yeah. who wins more out of cricket being in the Olympics? Does the Olympics need cricket more than cricket need the Olympics? Or, oh. or do you think that the Olympics would love to have the whole subcontinent watching, well, at least the cricket-loving part of it that doesn't normally watch the Olympics, watching the Olympics now? Um, that's a good question, Dwayne. And I would like to, I think the, I think cricket wins more out of that because I think the funding that these countries would get because it's an Olympic sport would change hugely. Uh, the Olympics has a huge viewership anyway, doesn't it? Like, I don't, I it mean, does, a, but a, you're an extra in a lot of, pretty good. But a lot of people, and it, the interesting part to me is a lot of people will come in now from India that might not necessarily tune into the whole of the Olympics that might actually watch it. Yeah, well, that's, that's why I asked the question. If you've got an answer, one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 or 433 98 last who one. wins more? Last one. I told you to hold your horses on the Australian cricket team. They won overnight. They're still in the tournament. Don't get too down on us. We've, we've still got some good players right. in that team, so there's still hope yet. Us now, is it? Yeah, the Aussie. Are you Australian? Well, I am. I'm just trying to work out. Um, so it's business as usual. World back on its axis. Uh, Steve Smith, how's he going? <laughs> no, not very well. Uh, right. th- no, th- there's still quite a few holes in that team. But at one and two, I still think there's hope. If I'd have called you at 11 o'clock last, or 10.30 <laughs> last night and asked you, how's Adam Zampa bowling? I'd say, Dwayne, why, you ta- ca- why are you calling me at 10.30 at night? I'd say, Dwayne. <laughs> and then true. I'd say, he's not bowling very well. And then he lifted as soon as I went to bed. So, uh, yeah. no, it was a good win. The Sri Lankans aren't as strong as the other teams. But... Um, there's still hope. Good to have you, Tom. We'll talk to you soon. Tom Morris. Thanks, Wayne. Great update. Thanks to Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tire Power. Okay, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the open line number. Uh, got a few callers on the line already, so we'll get straight to you. Mark in Sydenham, who wins out of cricket being in the Olympics most? Who wins most? Uh, the IOC or cricket? Um, how are you, Dwayne? I actually think that they all win. Um, I love seeing. I love watching my cricket. And I think it's a great sport, and hopefully it would encourage other teams or whatever to be in the competition. Um, two things I wanted to say. One was in relation to the discussion that you've just said before about the draft. It's not about players saying who they want to play for. It's about players saying who they don't want to play for. That's, I think, more the draft tampering. So if a player says, I want to go to Collingwood and I don't want to play for anybody else, that might be considered draft tampering. If a Sava radical leader goes in the draft and he gets picked up by another club, I don't think he can say beforehand, if you pick me up, I don't, I'm not going to play for you or I don't want to play for mm. you because that would be draft tampering. No, I agree with, um, I agree with that, Mark. My question is more in relation to, say Harley Reid Barrack for North Melbourne and all this week and all last week and all last month, when he was asked the question, who would you rather play for, given you're a North Melbourne fan, 
He just kept saying, well, I'd grow up back for North Melbourne. I'd rather go to North. How do you think we would face that answer? Oh, absolutely. I think I think people would look on it grim only because West Coast is pick one and North Melbourne is yeah. pick two. So how honest can you really be then, Mark, by saying I'd like no, to go to the club exactly at a back right. for all my life? Look, the other thing I wanted to speak about was the cricket last night. Um, the turnaround was amazing because when the cricket came onto Channel 9, it was like none for 120-something, and I was thinking, here we go. And as soon as they got a, a wicket or two, it's like the whole team sparked up. Adam Zampa played really well. And you know what? Stark was back. Stark, I was really impressed about, especially with how he got rid of the tail. Um, you could just see the fire in the eyes. And I didn't actually watch any of the batting performance, but I knew just based on how they bowled that they were going to win. The, the um, weather was diabolical. I thought the game was going to get called off at one point. It looked like it was blowing a gale. Yeah, I enjoy it. Look, I'm lucky enough to have Fox, so I'm one of those that can watch it all. I didn't even realise it was online. But uh, appreciate your call, Mark, and nice way to kick off the discussion. Grab out your calls for Midday Madness. Uh, plenty of footy still to come, but uh, Twitter poll is up. Who wins more out of cricket's inclusion in the Olympics? Cricket or the IOC, the International Olympic Committee? Cricket or the International Olympic Committee? Early voting, cricket running at 64%. Cricket, the big winner, and the IOC running at 36%. Your thoughts on it, one 736 736 So if you haven't heard the story, just uh, to go a little deeper, the 2028 LA Olympics. 2028, so not far away, LA Olympics. Cricket is in. T20 is in. And as well as baseball, softball, flag football also introduced, which is a no-brainer given that the Olympics are in the US and they are massive American core sports, obviously. Baseball, softball and flag football, which is essentially gridiron but at a watered-down uh, version. So a huge win there for the LA Olympics to bring those in, to get American eyeballs added. But if you want all of India, Pakistan, subcontinent tuning in, uh, you don't just appeal to the Olympic-loving portion of India and Pakistan. You obviously appeal to the millions of cricket lovers who will now tune in. My thoughts are, and I wouldn't mind your thoughts on this just to extend it, this is going to be, this is almost going to make sure that T20 is the number one form of cricket going forward for the next decades and 100 years probably. There's always going to be an argument that Test cricket's a better form of cricket. I get that 100%. But T20 cricket is now going to be the number one form of cricket given it's now going to be the global version. So it's in the, it's in the Commonwealth Games now cricket, T20. It's in the Olympics now cricket, T20. So the global version of the game that's going to be played in America and all those countries that don't traditionally play cricket is going to be T20 cricket. So that is going to be the number one form of the world playing of cricket from this point forward. And I know that there'll be a lot of people saying, obviously, that Test cricket will never, ever fade from being number one. But in terms of participation, eyeballs watching, T20, it'll be number one forever and a day. And this sort of emphasises it if it's not that already. Back to your calls on it. If you've got a thought on it, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Connor and Fitzroy wants to talk. A little bit of cricket as we head back to your calls. Welcome to you, Connor. Thanks for jumping on. Cheers, Dwayne. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I, wanted, I looked at the EPL fixture, and it's obviously soccer is a massive sport in the world, and they have an international break. Um, you know, and I'm thinking about cricket and the future of it. Um, you know, one, one day cricket, obviously India, um, they've got the IPL and they've put so much effort into it, and you can see the difference in effort levels 
in this World Cup compared to what they put it in an IC in an into a IPL event. Um, and it's it's just looking like the future is going to be focused on actually tournaments and actual playing for something. So I don't think the tri series and having a, a three game series between two countries playing for really not much is going to occur anymore. I think the way cricket may be in the future, it's going to revolve around these tournaments, a World Cup, an IPL, um, and, and you know, an Olympics that's just come in as well. Um, mm. I think it's well, going to be revolving around these events, and it might change a lot. It'll be really interesting. It's hard to predict, isn't it? Yeah, but you're right. It will revolve around these bigger events. I get it. I'm with you 100%. We do see a lot of three-game series that don't really amount to that much, even though they pull crowds. But I'm with you. It's going to be tournament stuff. And you can't have test tournaments. They'll go for too long. So you can't have a test tournament. So, yeah, one day international cricket might be on the wane, even though we're seeing a great one-day international World Cup right now. But T20 is going to be the global game going forward. And it's going to be, as you mentioned, tournament stuff involving a lot of countries in the world are now going to play it. You might have the USA in the next... T20 tournament, um, putting in really strong teams. Canada putting in really strong teams. Great to have you call, Connor. Hold the line. You've got a Signet Boost power bank valued at $44.95. A Signet Boost power bank will keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. Tim in Waterways. Welcome to you, Tim. You got a thought on this? Um, yeah, Wayne. Um, Dwayne, sorry. Um, just T20 test, mate. I think um, that would be awesome. Um, just basically two innings of 2020. So if a team fails in the first innings, they've got a chance to come back. So it's not a dud, a dud look. Yeah, we've tried that with one-day cricket, I think, when we had 25 and 25 splits, Tim. So I could see, to be honest, I agree with your format, T20 in the Com Games or in the Olympics having 10 overs, 10 overs, 10 overs, 10 overs. I don't mind that, just to change it up. So Olympic format T20 cricket is 10 overs, 10 overs, 10 overs, 10 overs. I like that suggestion. I like it a lot, to be honest, because it'll make it a unique... Olympic format, even though it's still T20 cricket. Hold the line, got something for you for a bit of a lateral suggestion there. You've got an e-gift card redeemable online or in-store thanks to the House of Golf, your one-stop shop for all things golf. What are your thoughts on that uh, for the Olympic and maybe Commonwealth Games version of cricket to be 10-10-10-10 as a T20 format? Um, keep your calls coming. Barney in South Croydon, not sure we've heard from you ever before on this program. Welcome to you, Barney. Okay, Dwayne, how are you, mate? Good. Listen, um, I, I think it's a, a win-win for cricket big time because, number one, you've got the great big Asian bowl of viewing audiences, you know, India, you know, all those uh, surrounding countries there, which is a massive, massive viewing audience. So that's good for the OC. And it's also good for cricket in general that it's getting the exposure all over the world. And it's like, you know, a failed baseball player or a second-tier baseball player over in America saying, oh, I reckon I could play this game, you know, and, and it just opens up a whole new avenue, you know, with T20 cricket and all the all the competitions going around the world. I think it's just great. You know, I really do. I think it's, uh, if they have, uh, <laughs> like, skateboarding in it, I'm pretty sure they can find some room for cricket, you know, to be serious. I'm agreeing with yeah. you on that, Barney. And there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of people of Indian descent, Pakistan descent, Sri Lankan descent now in America playing cricket. So it's only going to grow from here in the US. And one here on the text, um, Major League Cricket, it's going to catch on in the US. I think it's already caught on, but I think it's probably going to take a, almost a generation and maybe the Americans will be the team to beat 
when it comes to T20 cricket, given their baseball background and the amount of people that are going to come from countries who have always traditionally loved their cricket. Dale and Tazzy, you got a thought on this? Welcome to you, Dale. G'day, Dwayne. How are you, mate? Good. That's good. I, 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 um, it's taken me a long time to come around to actually really, uh, I guess, accepting that T20 is the, uh, the game of choice now for cricket. Um, I mean, I still love test cricket, but I guess in the future it's always going to be T20. I think for me, the only rule change I would make in T20 is where they have five bowlers, bowlers bowling four overs each, I'd swap that to where they can actually bowl a maximum of five overs. Um, but other than that, I think it, going into the Olympics is going to be a great, uh, great thing for the, for the game. Yeah, they could go with the uh, 100 format, which is 100 balls. And the bowling, you can bowl two overs in a row. I think they're five ball overs. So the 100 format they have in England. So it's not 120 balls, it's 100 balls. But that could be an option for them as well as an Olympic format. But we're told it's going to be T20 format. Even though even the 100 would work, it would take even less time to play a game. You could have multiple games on the day, which would be fantastic for the viewing audience going to a venue and watching two or three or two games at least. Maybe even three if you started early enough. Back to your calls after the break. Keep your calls coming. one 300 Quick one before the break. Nick, we do need to get to news. But, Nick, you got a quick thought on uh, Collingwood and the DVD. Welcome to you, Nick. Yeah, g'day, Dwayne. Thanks. Um, so, unlike the 2010 DVD that had multiple audios where you could hear it from different you know places like Foxtel and 3RW and SEN and all that sort of stuff, this year's DVD only has Channel 7. Now, I don't have Foxtel, but I'd love to hear your call with um, Jared. Is there some way where I can find that? Mm, maybe we should get uh, SEN to put out, to, to buy a thousand DVDs from Collingwood, put out their own version with Jared and I and uh, charge the extra 20 bucks on top. Um, maybe too much Dwayne Russell's not a good thing, Nick. Maybe they, they pulled the right rein here, Collingwood, and thought, nah, Russell overkill. Uh, we won't sell as many. But I, I do love the love that you've given to Jared and I's call. We did have a fun day that day. I had a fun day anyway. Hey, great to have you call, Nick. A trade update for tyre power. Tire power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. If you have just tuned in, just recapping the trade that has been done today, official uh, that has become official this hour. Shane McAdam has joined Melbourne in exchange for Melbourne's future second round pick in next year's draft. So in the 2024 draft, that deal done. Thanks to Tire Power. Back to your calls and your texts. If you haven't just tuned in, we're talking about cricket being added to the Olympics. 2028 Olympics are so not far away. Uh, T20 form and that I mentioned earlier on. It's been a win-win, I think, for cricket and for the International Olympic Committee. We're arguing as to who is the biggest winner out of it, even though both are pretty big winners. And is cricket a winner, and not just a winner in one form, but a winner when it comes to a game that they invented not that long ago, T20. And that's now become the number one form of cricket now, officially, globally. Even though the traditional test-playing nations will always love test cricket, and older generation people will always have test cricket as their number one. But now that T20 is into the Commonwealth Games and to the Olympics, um, it's obvious now. T20 is the number one form of cricket in the world. And once you get the US and Canada and everyone playing it, um, it might actually become arguably the number one sport um, for a, a lot of countries in the world outside of those that it's already number one in. A couple of texts coming through 
on it that I'll read very shortly. Keep your text coming through 0433981116. One from Andrew. It's a win-win all round as long as the Americans don't try to take it over and change it so they're good at it. Uh, I don't think the ICC will allow it, but wait and see. Andrew from Bendigo. Well, let's face it. Uh, they invented cricket in, in England and we became better at it than they they ended up being better. Behind India, the US is the second biggest viewers in the cricket world on TV. Uh, expat, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Indians. Uh, yeah, you're spot on on that tribe. So it is massive in the US as already when it comes to eyeballs on it. But now, in terms of the explosion of T20 in the US and Canada, it might actually go up 10, 20-fold. Agreed, Dwayne. 2020 will kill other forms. Yeah, I think the 50-over versions... Uh, certainly on death row. Great for cricket and the promotion of Major League Cricket. I think I read that one out earlier. Um, and uh, quite a few on the draft side of things. Why can't Adelaide go for Zerk Thatcher? Well, if I'm another team in the draft, if I'm North Melbourne, I'm taking Radicalia and saying, well, do you want to play? Come and play for us. If I'm Adelaide, I'm happy to take Zerk Thatcher. He wants to go home. So he's going home and playing for Adelaide. And Adelaide's got to pick before in the preseason draft before Port Adelaide. So why wouldn't Adelaide take Brandon Zerk Thatcher? He wants to go back to Adelaide. He just goes and plays for Adelaide. Uh, he'll come around to it, even though he probably well, he does want to go to Port, we're told now. Um, can't sell test cricket to the world. Five days, question mark. They would laugh at it, and that is the exact point. Um, now, T20 is the number one form of cricket worldwide. Back to your calls uh, on that open line brought to us by Werribee here, one 736 Stephen Melton wants to talk about the AFL opening of the season in Sydney. Welcome to you, Steve. Yeah, hey, Dwayne. Just on this thing, Sydney people don't turn up to watch their own sport. They're not going to turn up, even though they've got rugby league in, in Vegas that, that weekend, they're not going to turn up to to the to the SCG or to out in Hobush or whatever it is for GWS. All you're going to end up with is 30,000 Collingwood supporters complaining that they can't get tickets to a game because the die-hard Sydney supporters uh, will turn up to their three games that they they go to every single year. And the other point I've got to make, just on the draft thing, what's stopping an 18-year-old kid going, well, you can draft me, but in, in two years' time, the second I'm, uh, my contract's up, I'm going to request a trade back to so-and-so? He can say that, absolutely. Although he's now going to be, I think, up for a mandatory three years. But you're right, there's been players that have been traded a year in. Jason Horn francis was traded a year in. If it's a mutual decision, you can still be traded a year in, even though first roundees are now going to get three-year contracts put on their plate as a minimum. And look, the Sydney doubleheader, where's, where's this game best to be played? Given that what the proposal is, is Collingwood play the Giants before round one, or the first game of round one, in essence, but before the other games of round one in Sydney. But it can't be at Homebush, can it? Would it be at Homebush in front of 100,000? Or would it be the SCG? It would probably have to be at Homebush. It can't be at the showgrounds. So it's Homebush or the SCG. I'm not sure if Homebush is available. But I think you'd fill it, Steve. I think you'd get I think you'd get 70,000, 80,000 there for Collingwood and the Giants at Homebush with the Collingwood fans going up there. I think it's going to be a win at Homebush. But I also think it'll be a win at the SCG where we're told it's going to be Sydney and Melbourne as well playing. Uh, great to have you call. Alan in Sydney, you got a thought? Welcome to you, Alan. Uh, hi, Dwayne. Yeah, about the Melbourne uh, press and agents inflating their players with draft picks that they're going to Sydney. I'll give you one example. It's old. In 1996, 
a player that was leaving a Melbourne club going to another Melbourne club, but he also said he was looking at Sydney. A photograph was taken of that same player on the Opera House steps, and the only people he talked to was the taxi driver and the photographer. Yeah. Swans, Swans didn't know a thing about it. Now, this brings me to the point. We're talking about offering somebody from the Western Bulldogs 10 years next year. Mm. Why would we do that when Logan McDonald, who we've got, is kicking at 62.7% accuracy and the young guy from the Bulldogs is only kicking at 37% accuracy. They are both exactly the same age. They were both born in 2002 in April, so they could almost be twins. Same size, similar number of games. Why would we want to pay money for a bloke that we've all, when we've already got Logan McDonald? Well, your point is 100% correct, Alan. I'm just trying to think of other reasons why. So you've asked me the question why. One answer would be that Norton's a leaper, um, whereas Logan McDonald is a contested mark, but he's more a lead-up contested mark, so they play a little differently. The other one is you could maybe experiment with Norton as a halfback and Sydney need tall backman. So maybe that could be an option for them, um, get him and talk him into playing in defence. What about the third one, Alan, the conspiracy theory that maybe maybe Sydney would prefer locking in Jamari Hagen anyway? So you offer Norton the big contract. Uh, he says no. You knew he was going to say no. You chain the Western Bulldogs to a big number in their salary cap and a long-term deal, and then maybe that makes Jamari Hagen more accessible. How's that for a conspiracy theory, Alan? No, Hugen Hagen, he's the yep. bloke that I'm quoting. He's only, oh, kicking, at, he's only kicking at 37%. Yep. Logan is kicking at 67 I'm talking I thought you were talking about Alan Nor- Aaron Norton. I thought you were talking about Norton, no. but you're right. Logan McDonald does. He's a more accurate kick than both of them. You're 100% correct on that. Boys, great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World for Kangan Institute. Unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enroll now. It is midday madness. You call, you get on. That's the midday madness. Promise. Straight back to your calls and your text for midday madness. And a couple of texts that come through. T20 probably is the number one form of cricket and easiest to have at the Olympics and stuff. But it's only proof of people's lives being a lot more hectic now and people's lack of attention span. Test cricket is still the best form. Mark from Vermont. Yeah, test cricket will always be the greatest form in terms of the tradition of the game and our love of it here and in England and in many countries in the world. But in terms of the global game, T20, if it's not number one right now globally, as the form of cricket that is most loved and most watched globally, I'd be pretty surprised, and it certainly will be after the Olympics. Brian, T20 was invented in New Zealand by Jeremy Crow. It was also originally proposed as two innings, Matt in Brisbane. So that format of 10-10-10-10 is being thought of as a really good Olympic and Commonwealth game format of T20. So it's still T20, but it's a little different. Olympic format, T20, not such a bad idea. It does make it a little closer to baseball as well, given that the Olympics in 2028 are in LA. It kind of makes it with two innings per team, a bit more baseball-like. And one here, hey, Dwayne, your call 
with Jared is on YouTube. Why don't you tell your listeners? The oh, reason I didn't tell them is because I was unaware of that. I didn't know it was on YouTube, but uh, thanks for informing me of that. And uh, another one here, Dwayne. Um, back in 2010, I bought a grand final DVD, which gave you the choice of all the different TV and radio calls. Just another excuse to watch it another six times. James Immortialic. Um, nice one, James. Oh, another one here on the draft and tampering, etc. If a footballer sits out an AFL season, if they don't want to play for a club, surely that's not draft tampering. Can they say no and just play in the State League? Matt in Brisbane. Yes, you can do that. If you don't nominate for the draft, then you're fine to play wherever you like. But if you don't nominate for the draft, you're costing yourself a year of, you know, playing professional football, earning 150-odd grand, as it's going to be right now, playing in the State League for a lot less than that. Mark and Perrant, thanks for holding. You got a thought on the Sydney doubleheader that's been proposed? Welcome to you. Uh, yeah, Dwayne. I'm uh, not a fan of it, to be honest. I mean, I'm only Collingwood Legends member, Dwayne. I pay a lot of money uh, each year to sit uh, home and away seats in the sponsors stand. And uh, I've found out uh, recently they're going up another couple of hundred bucks uh, per year. And now they're wanting to start the season up in Sydney. And uh, we're supposed to be unfurling the flag, you know, uh, in front of the legend, in front of all our members, all our members, you know. And uh, I personally, myself, I think the other guy who rang up before who said that uh, a lot of Sydney people don't turn up to sporting events is, is on the money. Uh, you'll get a crowd there and probably 25,000, 30,000 will be calling with people. And then there'll be another 50,000 calling the people who miss out. Um, I'm not sure if it was. Well, not if it's played at the Olympic Stadium in front of eighty thousand, Mark. If they have, if they book that stadium and not the SCG, then you're going to have maybe eighty thousand there. And not every team unfurls their flag. Not every team unfurls their flag round one. It's almost quite a tradition that you unfurl your flag round two or three or whenever your first home game is. Geelong took until I think it was round eleven before they had a home game this year. So you don't have to... It's not a tradition to unfurl your flag round one. In fact, it's... I reckon there's been more teams that haven't unfurled their flag in round one recently than than have. Yeah, I just don't like it. I think the AFL are making money again at Collingwood's expense, at the members' and supporters' expense. Uh, and the club should stand on their heels and say, sorry, we're not wearing this because uh, I'm So I'm, hang on, I'm but why, why is it bad for Collingwood, Mark? How is it bad for Collingwood playing in the season opener where Collingwood sponsors are going to get prime-time coverage in yet another blockbuster. I can't see how Collingwood would say no to that. They'd actually embrace it, wouldn't they? They'd think this is a great win for Collingwood. Supporters, Dwayne. Well, the Collingwood hey? members and supporters in Melbourne who have backed this team through thick and thin. Two years of the pandemic, we paid our memberships, and now we're getting repaid like this. It's not good enough, and I'm not happy, and there's a lot of other Collingwood members out there who aren't happy like myself. You well, know? give us a call if you're a Collingwood member. You get 14 home games at the MCG, Mark, plus your games at... At Marble Stadium, you're still going to get your money's worth when it comes to home games at the MCG. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't agree at all, Dwayne. I'm sorry, mate. But, uh, you know, yeah, we've but got the to fact is the fact, Marble Mark. 14 home games at the MCG is a fact. I mean, if you're, not getting a less, if you're not getting less home games at the MCG and still signing up to play an away game to start the season, then the fact is the fact that you're not getting less games to go and watch as a member or a fan. Just Collingwood propping up the competition again, uh, isn't it, uh, Dwayne, as far as the smaller clubs and interstate clubs go, with our massive supporter base and sponsors. So. But isn't it a beautiful world we live in, Mark, where Collingwood is relied on by the AFL as such a big, as a big blockbuster team that you can do the right thing by Collingwood as an AFL, and AFL and Collingwood can do the right thing by the AFL as Collingwood and play another blockbuster uh, to help the AFL out uh, you, you and I will agree to disagree on this, Mark. But if you've got a thought on it, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Mark's up in arms. 
Doesn't want one of the 14 home games at the MCG taken off. Uh, it probably won't happen anyway. Uh, I think it's a beautiful world where Collingwood play blockbusters and the AFL win off it. Yes, they are helping prop up the comp, but isn't that... I mean, you've got to do the right thing by the smaller clubs too, don't you? And not just have all Collingwood, Collingwood, Collingwood all the time. Is what, what, what am I going to get out of it? Anyway, uh, your thoughts on it? Better say the text machine's now gone into meltdown in response to Mark and don't have enough time to read them all on the way to the news, but I'll certainly read a few after the news. Uh, on the way to the news, Sam in WA, welcome to you, Sam. Are you there, Hello. Sam? Yeah, you're on the air, Sam. Welcome to you. Uh, you saying Sam, it's Terry. Sorry, Terry. Welcome to you, Terry. Great to have you. Uh, uh, yeah, mate, I'm just in re- response to Mark's comments regards Collingwood and stuff like that. Uh, he's just perpetuating the perception out here of um, the AFL being a pseudo VFL setup. You know, um, he's got to understand. God, it's a, it's a it's a national comp, and whether he likes it or not, Collingwood a part of it. <laughs> Sam, you make your point well. And the other thing is, I mean, it's the, it's a game against the Giants, giving the Giants a home game in Sydney as a blockbuster to help the Giants win fans over as a membership base, is a service to the AFL that I think is a great one for Collingwood to be part of, given it's also going to be a season opener, so it's going to be huge publicity for Collingwood. Um, yeah, look, I could... <laughs> Mark should try barracking for Hawthorne, seven home games, and one of them's at Marvel, Michael and Blackburn North. Well, they do sell their home games, Hawthorne, but uh, I could read, Dwayne, your patience and good humour dealing with Mark's call was admirable. Sorry, but it also made me chuckle. Rob from Mitchum. Uh, keep your text coming through, and I'll read a heap of them out after the break. one 300 open line. If you'd like to join us for Midday Matters or 0433-981116, that text machine to 40 Winks and Temper, the all-new Temper, T-E-M-P-U-R. Google it. Check out the whole range. The all-new Temper Pro. Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Temper mattresses like no other. Oh, and Sammy Eben reporting the Bulldogs have made an appointment of Daniel Pratt as part of their assistant coach pack. Not a fan of it, to be honest. I mean, I'm only calling the Legends member, Dwayne. I pay a lot of money uh, each year to sit uh, home and away seats in the Ponson stand. And uh, I've found out uh, recently they're going up another couple of hundred bucks uh, per year. And now they're wanting to start the season up in Sydney, and uh, we're supposed to be unfurling the flag, you know, uh, in front of the legend, in front of all our members, all our members, you know. That was Mark. He's not happy. He's not happy that Collingwood might open the season, have another blockbuster this time against the Giants up in New South Wales in Sydney, maybe at the Olympic Stadium, maybe at the SCG. Um, they're not taking, well, we understand they're not taking a home game off Collingwood, but they're just allowing Collingwood to unfurl their flag probably round two or round three at the latest, but he wasn't happy about that. Quite a few texts coming through. and um, Well, the segment's called Midday Madness, and it's madness on the phones and the texts right now. Phone lines are full, so we'll get to you shortly. And let me run through a heap of texts. Uh, one here, just turn it up, Mark. Another one, the funniest thing about Mark's call is it's not a joke. That's actually what Collingwood supporters think. There's them, and there's 17 others. Um, thanks for that, Dwayne. Um, people have short memories, especially Collingwood. Interstate clubs had to pay $4 million license fee to join the AFL-VFL to save the broke Victorian clubs. Um, also haven't had Collingwood requesting to sell one of their home games to play in Sydney or Brisbane. Um, Eddie stated this is an option for them at some stage. Um, Dwayne, it's a shame the excellent SEN grand final call isn't available on the Premiership DVD, but I'm happy to play a home game in Sydney. Mass concern seems to be playing more, uh, but having one less home game 
in Melbourne. Collingwood doesn't have 14 home games at the MCG, does it? No, it has 14 games at its home venue. So, yes, they're not all home games. I'll take that on board. They're not all home games, but they did have 14 games at their home venue. Well, they did last year. Anyway, well said, Dwayne. Typical Collingwood supporter having a whinge. They get more home games than any other clubs. Uh, and, again, there's going to be a few Collingwood supporters coming through saying, we don't get more home games. Um, they don't get more home games. They just have more games on their home deck, but they're not necessarily um, with an advantage with their home games because they play a lot of other Melbourne-based teams that also use the MCG as their home deck. So I get that as well. Uh, hi, Dwayne, that last Colling knob, a typical one-eyed Collingwood supporter. Um, Carlton have a huge supporter base, 90,000 plus. Uh, keep your text coming through, and I'll read a heap more out a little bit later on maybe. Uh, typical Collingwood winger, no complaints about getting home grand finals. Um, thanks for that. That's a reasonable point. It is at the MCG every year. Dwayne, Mark needs to move on. Bloody hell. Get a good amount of games at the MCG. I'm a long-time member. I don't understand what he's complaining about. Spread the magpie love. Pascal, thanks for that text, Pascal. That's a Collingwood supporter wanting to spend, spread the love. Um, I'm a Collingwood member and don't have a problem with going interstate in a national competition, but always back self-interest. Felix, and as I said... Um, uh, What's in it for me seems to be the default position for a lot of people these days. Um, a fact is fact. Dwayne Collingwood does not get 14 home games at the G. That's a fact. That is a fact. It's 14 games at the MCG last year, but not all of them were home games. I absolutely agree with that Collingwood member. Sick of propping up the other 17 clubs. Fair go, Dwayne. Take, on, take off your anti-magpie blinkers. Uh, thanks for that. So there's another Collingwood supporter sick of propping up the other 17 clubs. G'day, Dwayne. That caller mark has no idea. Not a Collingwood home game in Sydney first round. Typical Collingwood supporter. Uh, no, it won't be a Collingwood home game that they're giving up uh, round one. We don't understand. What a sook. Collingwood get looked after very well. Uh, but another one here. Great call. Mark the sooking magpie. Not happy the AFL gifts Collingwood a flag. Please put more unhappy magpie fans to air. Well, it's midday matters. You call, you get on. I never know what we're going to get. And some things we get out of the blue do tend to explode the phone. So let's go to them. Philip and Marichi do Welcome to you, Philip. How you going, Dwayne? First Good. time. Yeah, Good to have you on. Just, um, all, all those texts you, re- you read out uh, confirmed what I was going to say, that Collingwood didn't have uh, 14 home games. I think they had 13 home games. Two, two they had to play at Marvel. And, um, geez, the Collingwood hates there, mate. It's, uh, it's unreal, I hope we win again next year. Get them Good going, on you, thanks. Get them going more. Good on you. Uh, so you don't want to play it away? Oh, well, but we've got a full board. I better go to the other callers. Jacob in Perth. Welcome to you, Jacob. How are you, mate? Good. Just a quick one, mate. I support West Coast, and over here, the Eagles go to Tassie, the Eagles go to Brisbane, and we travel every second week. It's a bit, um, it's a bit far-fetched to hear these Fives fans having a whinge about having to travel, considering they're only travelling, what, an hour and a half up north? Considering they also had eight of their nine last games last year in Melbourne. They had their first three home games last year in Melbourne. Like, I understand there might not be home games, but Jesus, come on, boys. We travel every second week and we still manage to pinch the 18 flag off your, on your home deck. Thank you, Domi Shee. Uh, thanks for the rubbing, uh, Jacob. Janine in Narrowara. Hello, Janine. <laughs> I'm going to be very, my very hard, Dwayne, not to be sarcastic. Mark's got okay. to be joking, isn't he? Look, I'm a Richmond member, so, you know, I speak from, um, you know, we get a fair... Um, suck of the pineapple at the MCG. So, you know, I'm certainly not going to, you know, have a go about that. But, Mark, you, 
Collingwood members are not the only ones that keep paying their membership during COVID. I'm just so over Collingwood people thinking they're the only ones that did anything good. Um, I continued to pay my Richmond membership all through COVID, as did my daughter, and so did a lot of others. And we Collingwood does not prop up the AFL. Seriously? Oh, I'm married to a Collingwood supporter. It just makes me so angry when I hear guys like Mark... Um, they think that Collingwood is the AFL, where you're not. And go up to Sydney, you'll probably you'll beat GWS, I've got no doubt. And um, there'll be no complaining. And oh, appreciate your call, Janine. Oh. Thanks, Janine. Um, the, uh, the treat your husband well. Um, I'm sure he, he's a Collingwood fan, but I, I know he loves you. Um, one here. Uh, now having a go at me. Well done, Dwayne. Hutchie's taught you well. Pick the low-hanging fruit and have the phones ringing hot. All the Collingwood haters coming out. It's midday, Matt. It's your call, you get on. I didn't manufacture Mark as a caller. It was just accidental, out of the blue. You call, you get on. You get to make your point. Um, I haven't manufactured this at all. John on the road. Welcome to you, John. Yeah, thank you, Dwayne. Um, look, as a Collingwood supporter, there's not too much that could upset me. Not a game at, uh, in Sydney, not at all. But, I, you know, I am happy... They're here. There's so many disgruntled supporters out there, uh, you know, not liking the fact that we are premiers. But to all the Collingwood supporters, yeah, I mean, just a reminder, we are the premiers. And to Mark, just chill out, Mark. Um, we'll probably end up winning. Um, you can't, you know, sport is a great leveller. You can't have it all your own way. You know, we're, we're, we're sitting on top of the tree. Not only have we lost the most grand finals, now we've actually won the most grand finals, won the most finals. One of my time in a away games. Just chill back. You're overthinking it. Enjoy your footy. That's all. And that's a Collingwood supporter. So, no, I don't mind at all where they play. Thanks, John. Hayden in Rosebud. Hello, Hayden. Are you there, Hayden? Might be gone. Chris in Traganina. Welcome to you, Chris. I'd just like to say, at least people whinge about Collingwood getting home uh, MCG games. When, when other clubs put who they want to play, who do they put first? Collingwood. Everyone wants to play Collingwood because we make the most money. Simple as that. So, you know, stop They do want to play Collingwood. Uh, why wouldn't you want to play Collingwood? You bring a fan base that's going to fill your stadium every time. Um, thanks for your call, Chris. Uh, Peter and Doreen, welcome to you, Peter. And I just want to, I want to change the subject. Draft, the yep. draft period, or the uh, trade period, it's got to be reduced all week. Like, you know, I'll tell you now, tomorrow night, there's probably 10 trades that are already done, but they're holding them back to make it a big drama thing from 5 o'clock on Fox footy, where all mm. these drafts all of a sudden are going to fall. There's probably guys that aren't even mentioned, like Reese Matheson and things like that. They might already be going to other clubs too, but you won't know until right at the end, because that's when Mitchell got traded that time, so I'd say 90% of the trades that are still outstanding have already been agreed agreed upon, but I think they want to make a big issue about it when it gets televised on Foxtel, that all of a sudden you're going to get all these trades fallen left, right and centre from probably 5 to 7.30 the deadline. Yeah, you're probably right, Peter. I think that's probably how it's going to play out tomorrow night as well. It'll be late stuff tomorrow, not this time of the day tomorrow. Luke and Tony, welcome to you, Luke. There you go, mate. Just wanted to Good. talk about the guy. I'm a, I'm a Collingwood supporter as well, mate. Collingwood member, paid up, paid through COVID. Just say, embrace that they want to use us against Sydney. Embrace us to want to promote the game with us. That's what I've got to say. Uh, thanks for your call, Luke Grant in Sydney. Welcome to you, Grant. 
Yeah, thanks, Dwayne. Look, it's flattering that Collingwood are such a big draw card. We get no blockbusters up here in Sydney, and the game is now a national game, and I'm thrilled with the visit. We actually get to see a big club play up here in Sydney. I don't get to see my club. Well, my club, Port Adelaide, has been here once in five years. So, you know, this is, this is fantastic, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Great to have you called, Grant. Uh, I think most people would be looking forward to it in Sydney as well, bringing Collingwood to town to open the season and a blockbuster and maybe in front of 80,000. Hayden in, in Rosebud, welcome to you, Hayden. Yeah, good day, Brian. How are you? Good. Um, yeah, just everyone going on about uh, Collingwood playing apparently 14 home games. Uh, AFL football, old Mangrook was come out of Victoria, so obviously there's going to be more Victorian teams. Um, people whinging about it, like, so Collingwood beat Richmond and it's Richmond's home game. What? So it's unfair that Collingwood plays so many games at the MCG. Should we fly up to Cairns and play Richmond at Kazali Stadium? It makes no sense. Appreciate your call, Hayden. We've got a full board on this. Uh, we'll run a race through them. We've got a heap of other stuff to get to. But, hey, you call, you get on. That's the midday madness promise. And I don't vet the calls. Marty and Belton's been holding a while. Welcome to you, Marty. You're a Collingwood man. Yeah, do I know how you going, mate? Good. Yeah, look, it's come up a few times since now. Let's face the facts. We get 11 home games, and one of them gets that we have to go to Eddie Had and pay for a marble, whatever it is. So we get 10 home games. The other games are Hawthorne, Carlton, Richmond, whatever, who would play their home games at the MCG. So we all know that now. It's been cleared that we actually only play 10 home games at the MCG. I'm fine with going to Sydney. I like to all my footy trips with the boys. That's all good. But the only thing is, when we play these trips, like we're locked into Brisbane every Easter Thursday. So let's just make sure when we have to play these interstate teams to help the AFL, that we get them back at home later in the year. Because a lot of times we're getting those interstate teams, one off in Brisbane, one off in GWS or whatever, and they're getting home ground advantages. And I don't think that part of it's fair. So if we have to do it because we're helping the AFL, just make sure we get them back at home later, later at the year. At the MCG. Not at Eddie Had or Marvel, like what happened last year against Brisbane. Thank you, Duane. Good on you, Marty. Thanks for that uh, pipe. I'm a lifelong pipe supporter. Uh, Mark has NFI. Definitely not reflective of 95% of the rest of us. Um, winners are grinners. Enjoy the ride, Mark. Take a chill pill. Uh, next, Mark, we'll be complaining about the father-son players they've been gifted the past 20 years. Another one here. Glad I'm on my lunch break, Dwayne. This is Comedy Gold. Uh, keep your text coming. A trade update for tyre power. Tire power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's. We'll have for Midday Matters. Heading back to your calls for Midday Matters shortly, but a trade update thanks to tyre power. So West Coast List Manager Rowan O'Brien has just spoken to Tom Morrison, Sammy Edmund on Trade Radio. He was asked if the West Coast have had many offers for pick one. We've been talking about this a bit, pick one. Is it up for grabs? Here's some of what the West Coast list manager, Rowan O'Brien, had to say about it. Uh, we haven't had a lot, Tom, to be honest. I, to be fair, I think clubs have got a, a number of other things on the go at the moment that they need to work through, and uh, that may change once the uh, player exchange period finishes and we move more into selections. But We've had a few calls, but um, the, the phone hasn't been ringing off the hook, if I'm honest. So do you anticipate, Rowan, that that will obviously change? Once the, the trade period's done and we, we count down to the draft, um, I'm sure that you're expecting a few offers to come your way? 
Uh, yeah, potentially we think so. I think some clubs have indicated that they'd like to speak to us when the time's right, um, and we're happy to listen to anyone. I, I think I've said before we certainly aren't putting mm. a price on it, but we're happy to listen to um, what clubs have to say and make any decision at that time. Rowan, you don't have to tell us who the player is, but have you decided which player you would take at pick one if you had pick one? Uh, not really. There's a little bit more work to do there. We're, we're just waiting on some information around medicals and we'll get together as a, as a group and discuss all those things. But uh, we haven't landed on an outright position just yet. And philosophically, are you looking to um, have a really strong draft hand that's deep, so two, three, four players across the first 20 or 25? Or do you think with your list position, simply getting potentially a generational player in or a franchise player in, for lack of a better term, is the priority? Yeah, look, it's a good question. And in some respects, you maybe don't know the answer until you, you have an offer and you see what that offer brings you in terms of your draft order. But having pick one doesn't come along very often and um, it's a really good opportunity. Look, we're obviously trying to bring in some elite young talent and you don't get this opportunity very often. So um, as I said, I'm not trying to evade it, but you wait until the offer comes your way and then you apply that to what plays you think that will turn into, and, and that probably helps you decide. Are you open to trading pick one right up until the draft night, or would you put a, a timeline on it and say from a certain point, now this is ours and we're moving on? No, we won't put a timeline on things. I think um, the way it's it's all structured now, we can really wait up until the last hour or so to make a decision. So uh, unless something blows us out of the water, I think we'll take as much time as we need. So there's the latest. They haven't yet decided 100%. If it's Harley Red, they're going to take as pick one or haven't decided who they're going to take, whether Harley Red's even part of their thinking, I presume he is. Um, but he didn't tell us that. And they will be prepared to trade it up to the last couple of minutes before the draft starts because they want to consider all offers right up until the death, by the sounds of things. Um, got a heap to give away, by the way, during the course of the afternoon, including some double passes still to the Cox Plate Eve event on a Moody Valley Experience Racing Action and Entertainment at the Ladbrokes Cosplay Carnival. Tickets at coxplate.com.au. We'll head back to your calls and give a few of those away on the way up to 2 o'clock as Midday Madness continues. But while we're talking the trades, uh, Sammy Edmund also reporting that there is a club interested in Jack Billings, with Tom Morris apparently adding on Trade Radio that it's not Collingwood or the Bulldogs or Carlton. Tom Morris also reporting that talks between Richmond and Hawthorne over Jacob Kaziski are progressing slowly. Richmond offered one of their picks in the 60s. They have 65 and 68, and Hawthorne refused. Hawthorne have reportedly stated they want a pick 25, so there's still a bit of work to be done there. And uh, if you haven't heard, there has been one trade today. McAdam from Adelaide to Melbourne, and it's for a second-round pick. So it's the second-round pick that Melbourne has next year. So a future second-round pick next year. So they've locked in McAdam. They've locked in Fullerton at the moment as additions the Melbourne Footy Club. OK, back to your calls. Now, while we're talking WA, we talked a bit yesterday, had quite a few calls about Michael Pryor's comments. He was the AFLW coach who complained that the AFL dared schedule his lowly West Coast Eagles team against the juggernaut Melbourne, and that's the reason why... It was a smashing in the end, and the AFL shouldn't have scheduled it. Well, well, I don't want to paraphrase him. Here's what he said after the loss to Melbourne. He's clarified it and put out a statement in response to it. Here's what he said Sunday night. 
Yeah, tough result. Um, I thought we started okay. Our, our first half, our pressure was right up there. But at the end of the day, that's um, the team that won the grand final last year against the team that finished last in 18 teams in the comp and only 10 games. How we play that team is beyond me. That's what you get when you get fixed in like that. So, in since and um, we took a lot of calls on it, the text yesterday as well. That's what you get when you get fixed ring like that. He's put out a statement. So the statement reads: I would like to acknowledge my comments regarding the AFLW fixed ring were unacceptable after our game against Nam. It was a disappointing performance, and I was frustrated. But that does not excuse my comments, and they do not reflect the club's position. I take full responsibility. Nam are the benchmark in the AFLW, and credit to them for the way they played as one of the youngest lists in the competition taking on the reigning Premier was a challenge. Our squad will learn from as we aspire to climb the AFLW ladder and there were positives from many of our exciting developing players um, like Charlie Thomas and Ella Roberts. I can assure West Coast members and supporters that our players, coaches and staff are working incredibly hard behind the scenes to fast track our growth and drive the elite standards that will take our group to the next level. Uh, we need to close the gap to the best teams in our first half against the Demons was indicative of the pressure and effort we need to bring against the elite side. So there it is. He's clarified his statement. But the bottom line is, he says, I would like to acknowledge my comments regarding the AFL fixturing were unaccessible after our game against Nam. OK, a couple of texts on the way to the break because I've had hundreds on the the Collingwood hate and the Collingwood, we don't, well, we deserve all our games at the MCG and we don't want to be going up to Sydney to start our season next year. Um, these Collingwood supporters who are attempting to defend 15, yes, 15 home games at the, M- at the MCG plus three at Marvel are delusional, self-centred, greedy, irrational. Uh, so the number last year was 14 at the MCG games at the MCG, not all home games, obviously. Three of those um, last year also were at Marvel. So 17 games in Melbourne last year uh, for Collingwood. Uh, laugh out loud, that Collingwood supporter. Marty just complained about travelling to Marvel. Um, thanks for that text as well. Uh, are Pie fans the most delusional, self-important bunch of peanuts? Um, oh, I could go on and on uh, about this. Uh, I hate Collingwood, but agree with that Collingwood supporter. The draw should be arranged. The Premiership teams play home games in round one. Well, the AFL hasn't been doing that for a long time. Um, and when he stopped it, Dwayne, they will not get 80000 at a Collingwood game in Sydney at the Olympic Stadium, no chance. Um, and uh, a swear word, greedy AFL. Yeah, thanks for that text. I won't read your name out, but I appreciate that as well. I'm glad I pulled up just before uh, I read that last line. Okay, Vic and Epping. I think you're changing the subject, Vic. Welcome to you. How are you, Dwayne? Good to have you on. Listen, um, uh, wouldn't it be fantastic next year if Carlton, Collingwood, Essendon, Richmond finish in the top four? Just for the vibrancy of Melbourne and how big it would be for Melbourne to have all the big Melbourne teams up the top end? We haven't seen that since the 70s and 80s. There was always Carlton, Congo, Richmond, Essendon, remember? Absolutely. And that's why we probably talked about what it would be like in Melbourne if there was a Carlton-Collingwood grand final. And I know, look, I've got a Melbourne-centric view on a lot of things as well when it comes to, you know, what I'd like to see in my lifetime. And I would like to see a Carlton-Collingwood grand final in my lifetime, but Again, Vic, we've probably got to understand that it's a national comp. So what's good for us, what's good for Victorians, what's good for those in Victoria who want all the big four up the top for a rare time, not necessarily good for those outside of Victoria, Vic, in Epping. 
<laughs> yeah, just nice to see. Essendon's probably coming back next year. They're looking good. And, you know, uh, Richmond, Carlton, Collingwood, who knows, they might finish in the top four. Great to have your call, Vic. Uh, hold on, I've got something for you. Uh, you've got a general admission double pass to Cox Plate Eve, Friday, 27th of November. Experience racing, action and entertainment at the Ladbrokes Cox Plate Carnival. Tickets at coxplate.com.au. Need to take a break for news, but speaking of Collingwood, uh, if you'd like to call on this, jump on the line. Sam Edmonds reporting multiple clubs say this afternoon in their phoning around that Collingwood is now open to trading Jack Ginevan. Now, I'm paraphrasing Sammy here. So don't quote me as saying that Jack Ginevan is up for trade for Collingwood. I'm just going on what's written on my screen here that Sammy Edmonds apparently reporting it. So uh, your reaction to that news, if it's true. Well, it's great to have you company for Dwayne's World. Keep your calls coming. Another half an hour of midday madness. You call, you get on. That's a midday madness promised. And uh, quite a few lines are full right now after they were exploding following our caller earlier on. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. So it's just, well, a couple of stories we haven't got to yet that I do need to bring to you. So Rugby Australia, Eddie Jones is staying as coach of the Wallabies. If you haven't heard that, it's a pretty big story, but the world stays on its axis for rugby union fans in Australia or for Wallabies fans in Australia. Well, we presume it stays on its axis. I'm not sure that everyone that follows rugby union in Australia wanted Eddie Jones to stay, but if you haven't heard that news, he's sticking around. And one here, Rugby Australia is from Michael and Digger's Rest would have been spewing that Eddie Jones is sticking around. Probably one of the worst appointments to a coaching position. Uh, all talk, no results. That's from Michael. So that is news we haven't got to today. We could have left it for maybe lost in the wash, but I have had a couple of texts on it, so I did want to read that text out as well. And one story from John Ralph we haven't got to as well. The AFL clubs, and I'm reading his story here in the Herald Sun, the AFL clubs have been told they must provide more transparent information about injured players as the league also rapidly expands media access as part of a new CBA deal. So every player is now, because of the new CBA deal, going to have to talk if there's a request for an interview with them after every game. Every player must talk if they're requested by a media outlet to talk after every game. That's part of the new CBA deal. And now also Ralphie reporting that the AFL has asked clubs to be more transparent when it comes to injuries. Um, and uh, one here, clubs, uh, as I'm reading his column continuously here whilst talking to you, clubs, con- including Geelong, had a host of players with ailments on their official injury list, but no specific return date this year, which gave the fans little guidance about their, about their likely return to AFL football. The league has told clubs it will crack down as part of the new collective bargaining agreement. There are a host of new guidelines for rules, uh, clubs for, for the new rules. And... He's actually quoted, the AFL rule states, clubs must ensure that all medical information issued to the media is credible, responsible and specific in terms that are meaningful to teams, media and fans. This includes the information in the weekly injury reports and information on injuries announced to the media during matches. And that is a big one, I think, uh, for me. That's where the biggest punchline is for me. In a game, you're watching a game, someone goes down with an injury from your team or even from your family, and you don't get to find out what the, what the real injury is. You just sit there with your head in your hands thinking, what is it? What's he done? It's a concussion. Has he got a bad neck? Has he done his knee? Well, now the AFL clubs have been told they're going to have to actually give a report, which is fantastic. Okay, the other big story is the reporting by Sam Edmund about Jack Ginevan maybe being up for trade. Here is Sam discussing with Tom Morris on Trade Radio whether 
Jack Univan is up for trade. Here's that little piece from Trade Radio a short time ago. Something we've both been working on over the course of the last hour or so mm. is got to a stage now where we feel comfortable that we can report well, it. Well, Sammy, why don't you take it away? Tell us what you just put on Twitter just then. Uh, multiple clubs say this afternoon that Collingwood, uh, Tom, is now open to trading Jack Ginevan, the contracted forward that's uh, that's on their books for 2024. Rival clubs, multiple clubs that we have spoken to over the course of the last half an hour or so now say that it's been made clear to them that Collingwood would consider trading Jack Ginevan, obviously, yep. if the right offer presented itself. So if one club says this, there can be a, a hidden meaning that we don't know and potentially um, yep. not trust. If two separate clubs are saying this, and we have confirmed they're separate clubs, um, then this has to be on to a degree. There has to be – that they're, at the very least, they're willing to listen to offers for Jack Ginevan. And it's something that we – have floated without actually knowing for sure over the past few days well, since Lockie Schultz came in. No, and the opposite. We have checked that out historically because, yeah, as we said, it was on the front page of the Herald Sun straight after the Lockie Schultz trade request came in, which which to which was unfair yeah. because there was there was nothing from the player or the player's camp. There was nothing at all at that stage, and we report this this afternoon. Not sure of Jack Inman's intentions. No. Like Jack can obviously choose to stay. Um, not sure if he's even the one driving it. I don't believe he is. But certainly rival clubs have been informed that there is a chance mm. to prize Jack Inovan out of Collingwood. Um, so it's one to watch going forward in the, over the next couple of days. So there it is from Trade Radio a short time ago. So we did it yesterday for a patch for about 20 minutes, but it was speculation straight off the back of Lockie Shorts being traded from Fremantle to Collingwood and the speculation from a couple on the text and myself as well as to whether... Lockie Schultz and Jack Genevan can fit in the same Collingwood forward line. We talked about it yesterday. Well, apparently today it's continued on to the point that Jack Genevan is now gettable. So do you want him? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. What club would be the best fit for Jack Genevan? And what's he worth if you're prepared to put up a draft pick to get him out of Collingwood? Always great to have your company for Dwayne Todd. Dwayne Todd for Kangan Institute. Unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enroll now. All trade updates are for tyre power. Number one on the tyres trade table. If you haven't heard, there has been one trade done today. So McAdam moving from Adelaide to Melbourne. So Shane McAdam's gone for a future second round pick from Melbourne. So it'll be anywhere between. Well, if Melbourne win the flag, it'll be around pick 40. Uh, it'll be a little bit different if Melbourne don't win the flag. So that's a future second-round pick, next year's second-round pick. Um, one here on Jack Ginevan, and a couple of questions. One, would you want Jack Ginevan, would you be prepared to pay for Jack Ginevan now that he might be up for grabs, given what Sammy Edmund has had to say about uh, the bringing in of Schultz and the Ginevan spot in the forward line might be taken by Schultz? Do you want Jack Ginevan? And again, the question that I threw up earlier on, Asava Radagalia. If he's in the national draft, would you take him at North Melbourne and not let him get all the way to Port Adelaide? He might not have said that he wants to play for you, but why wouldn't you just take him anyway? If he's in the draft, he's in the draft. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line number. Uh, one here, I'm a Richmond supporter. No, no, no. DeGinnivan, that's from Peter. There's quite a few coming through saying no, no, no. Ginnivan for Dersma. Matt from Williamstown. So there you go. Maybe a Collingwood trade... Uh, and that would sort of short-circuit the Dersma to Essendon idea if Ginevan went to Port Adelaide and Dersma went from Port Adelaide to uh, Collingwood. Dwayne, um, uh, Melbourne is the perfect fit for Ginevan. Melbourne, uh, 
uh, go and get him, Tim Lamb. Maybe Melbourne is a perfect fit. Have you got a thought? 0433 98 11 16 or 1300 here. Can't wait for Ginnivan to be at another team just so we can hear the Collingwood supporters complain when he ducks. That's from Mike. That's a funny one, Mike. Appreciate that. Dwayne, how many times does Graham Knight have to say they are not taking calls on offers on Jack? Jack will be staying at Collingwood. Well, I'm go- only going on what uh, Sammy Edmund and Tommy Morris have been reporting. And, and uh, quite a few still coming through on Mark. Please, Dwayne, Mark is on his own. Please don't tarnish us all with Mark's black and white brush. Please, I'm a Collingwood supporter member and AFL lover more than any of that. Uh, Simon from Mitcham, keep your text coming through on Mark. Well, another one here. Um, imagine being an angry Collingwood supporter. They're still coming through, whinging about not having a match played in Victoria. Try being a supporter of teams from WA, SA, etc. Jeff from Northern WA. The other big one is um, the Chris Davies comments from earlier today that we haven't played you on maybe Asava Radagalia going to the National Draft and getting to Port Adelaide that way if Geelong doesn't want to do a trade. And maybe Brandon Zerk Thatcher getting their way, getting his way to the preseason draft if Essendon and Port Adelaide can't do a trade. Well, here's Chris Davies, head of football at Port Adelaide, on the risks of walking a player to the draft from Trade Radio this morning. Yeah, I mean, that, that's exactly what you've got to go through, Kane. So, you know, for us, there is potential, I guess, for another club to, to take any player that ends up in either the national or, or preseason draft. Uh, and that's you know, something that we've had to, you know, work through over the last period of time. But look, I'm still really hopeful that that we're able to strike a deal with Geelong in the next period of time. Because you know what what has become clear through the trade period is that you know Asaba wants to leave Geelong and he wants to play for Port Adelaide. So mm. yeah, that's something that we've got to we've got to work through. Chris Davies, there you go. Um, maybe it will happen. A couple of texts coming through. Well, Sammy Ebb is now reporting Hawthorne is in the box seat to sign Jack Ginneman on a multi-year deal. Sources um, said Ginneman was meeting with the Hawks today after returning from his barley break. That's been reported from Sammy Ebb, I'm told. So there's the latest there. A couple of texts on it. Ginneman to Hawthorne. Matt from Mill Park. So you're happy with it? Hey, Pipe, I'd be happy having Ginneman at the Hawks only if he has a social media ban applied. Otherwise, he's trouble. Thanks for that. Couple through saying Melbourne's the perfect fit. Ginnivan to North for pick 18. Thanks for that. Another one here. I think Schultz will play more in the centre, replacing Adams, meaning Ginnivan is safe, provided his standards and performances are intact. Russell and Craigie Byrne, I don't think Schultz will be playing in the middle the way I see it either. Um, Dwayne Ginnivan, a very limited player. Cats don't want or need him. Mick and Killside, thanks for joining us. Mick, welcome to you. Yeah, you go, Dwayne. Pleased you well. Um, just got uh, Jack Ginnivan will be at Hawthorne next year. Take it to the bank, put it in the vault. That was last Thursday. So that was in rapid fire last Thursday. Jack Ginnivan put it in the vault, heading to Hawthorne. Can you believe that? On the money, and we've got a Dwayne to a T-shirt. If you give us a call right now, coming away, one three hundred seven three six seven three six, which is... The open line number for Rapid Fire. If you'd like to jump on Rapid Fire, if you've got something as enlightening as that for Rapid Fire, one 736 736 the open line number brought to us by Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia, awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. This might be the last chance to get on today as well. Simon Hill is going to join us after 2 o'clock to talk the World Game. So looking forward to talking the World Game with Simon Hill. So your calls all the way up until the 2 o'clock news. 
I'll read a few of your texts out as well on the 40 Winks Temper text, 0433981116. 40 Winks, the all-new Temper Pro is there. If you want to check it out, T-E-M-P-U-R, Temper's most adaptive mattress ever. Okay, rapid fire, 1300 736 736. AK in Brunswick, welcome to you, AK. How are you going, Dwayne? Good. What have you got for us? Uh, oh, look, mate, I don't think really we need Max Kevin in our side. I don't think we've got too many of those guys in there. Uh, and I just want to know what's going on at Hawthorne with, uh, I know Essendon wants to play hardball with, uh, with that pick there, with that player, but you know what, uh, Kaczynski, I reckon, I reckon Kaczynski, I agree with Richmond, I'm a supporter, he's not the pick 29, I reckon he's a later pick, and, um, they deserve more Richmond. I think they'll sort something out tomorrow, though, won't they, AK? Do you think Joel is a better option for you as a forward than Kaczynski? Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think we need Gunston as well. Just the, uh, I mean, I know we probably, people say, oh, yeah, he's what, what David King said yesterday and Ralphie mm. and all that. But I think Gunston, it'd be good to have back at Hawthorne because I think he can still help these young kids with Bruce and that. I know they're saying, oh, he's taking someone's spot. But again, he's only 31. You know, I mean, he could at least got one or two more years and help these youngsters come through to play finals in the years to come. What do you think? Great call. Great to have you call, AK. Really appreciate it. Look, I, there's a bit, there's an upside. I think Chol might end up being a better player at Richmond than Kaziski is, but it doesn't mean Kaziski isn't going to be a good player somewhere else. I think it's just due for a change to me. And the change, I think, might be a win-win. Chol, a win at Hawthorne, and Kaziski, a win at Richmond. Frank in Coburg, you there, Frank? Yeah, good one, Dwayne Egub. Good. Yeah, last night on Fox, Trade Talk on free, on uh, Foxtel, David King explained about Jack Ginnivan, how he did his pre-season last year. He come up and he kicked all those goals and he didn't even miss six weeks. And then he said, Collingwood is a family business. We don't get a good player and trade another player out. We nurse him and he gets better each year. That's what you do. It's family. You don't pick one up and get rid of the other. Did you but hear that last get- night? I didn't hear that last night, Frank. I watched a bit of it last night, but not all of it. That might have just slipped through while I was sort of watching it on delay and watching the cricket at the same time. Frank, so don't don't trade him, keep him, you reckon? Yeah, buddy oath. Good on you, Frank. Great to have you call. Uh, really appreciate all your calls today for Midday Madness. A couple of texts that have come through on Ginevan. If Ginevan comes to Hawthorne, I'm not becoming a member next year. Steve from Niora. Another here, Ginnivan is a premiership player who kicked 40 goals as a 20-year-old. Say what you'd like about his personality. There's not a team in the league that would not like to have him. Joel, well, maybe Collingwood don't think he's going to fit into their team, but they are the reigning premiers, so they're a damn good team. Let's, um, I, I, I see that Frio are complaining about players nominating clubs they want to go to. Did Luke Jackson nominate Frio when he went there? Happy uh, cheers, happy pie. Thanks for that. Uh, laugh out loud, Ginnivan to the D's to play where? Because he's not replacing any current forward half players. Easy, no. Ginnivan to Carlton. He has an upside in the way that he plays. He's dangerous around goal and has a lot of improvement to come. Such a young player, he will only get better. Not to mention uh, putting the Magpies faithful's noses out of joint when he snatches victory from the Magpies when they play Carlton. Chris from Werribee. Great to have so many calls and texts come through for Midday Madness. Today, Simon Hill's going to join us straight out of the 2 o'clock news. So the world game also still to come, a bit of lost in the wash, so we might be able to get back to your calls then. Welcome back to Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World for Kangan Institute. Unleash you at Kangan Institute. 
in roll. Now, I had a couple of texts yesterday on that 40 Wings Temper text. By the way, the text machine number 0433981116 for the all-new Temper, T-E-M-P-U-R, Temper Pro, the Temper Adaptive Mattress, the best ever is here. Temper mattresses like no other. Asking, when's Simon Hill coming back uh, the last couple of weeks? Well, guess what? Simon Hill is back, and he's back now. The 2023-24 A-League men's season kicks off this weekend, and when it comes to the return of the global game and the SCN Airways, we have to get the number one man on to keep, give the people what they want, they say, uh, at the all-new earlier time of 8pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time as well, right across the SEN network if you want to catch the global game. But Simon Hill will be on this program every week. Welcome to you, Simon. Great to have you back on. Good to be with you, Dwayne. How are you? I'm good, and I'm pretty excited uh, on a number of fronts. I think everyone's pretty excited about Ange Postacoglu. He seems to be one of those guys who... It doesn't matter which particular sport you follow closely. He's just an Aussie on the world stage doing great stuff. Well, yeah, he's a great Aussie football coach. Uh, so obviously we're, we're proud yeah. of him uh, in our sport uh, because he's doing a terrific job with Tottenham. It's early days, of course, um, but they are top of the Premier League, which is extraordinary, really. Normally with Angie's teams, it takes a little while for them to bet in. Uh, but he's hit the ground running. He's won two consecutive Manager of the Month awards over there in England. Uh, so he's flying. Um, that's not to say they're you know, going to go on and win it, but um, he's made a terrific start. And you know, the fans and the players clearly love him. Uh, they're playing a brand of attacking football that Spurs haven't had for quite some time. And obviously they're embracing that. And I think the media are enjoying his conferences as well because... You know, he brings a certain honesty and rawness to him that uh, has perhaps been coached out of uh, managers in the UK because of the headlines they generate, and they tend to give rather bland answers. Ange is still pretty new to that, and, uh, you know, he's giving them a headline virtually every week at the moment. So, yeah, it's terrific to watch, and I'm, I'm delighted for him because he's had to work very, very hard uh, to get where he is, and he deserves it. So he does have a bit of magic given that we know he can give love to people and love to the media and love to the fans. And we know that he can hold the press conference people in the palm of his hand because he is a charismatic kind of guy. But he also has to win. So when he lost Harry Kane and he took over Tottenham, there was a lot of people who didn't think this attacking game style or was it actually going to last. So are you surprised how many people within the world game are surprised that it's not just lasting, it looks like it might actually carry through even if they don't win the title it might carry through to a whole season of greatness well no not surprised at all uh the only thing that has shocked me a little bit is as i say how quickly it's happened um you know we we know Ange professionally pretty well in this neck of the woods we know how he constructs teams and uh as i say normally they take a little bit of time to gel Uh, but in many ways the loss of harry kane was and i've said this before i think it was a win-win situation for Ange. Had he stayed, he retained the services of one of the world's best strikers. Uh, If he went, then, you know, it wasn't Angie's fault because he hadn't been a part of the club that had uh, been involved in this on-off, is he going, is he not saga with Harry Kane for years. And I actually think in many ways it's probably better for Ange because players that are uh, of that high profile can sometimes be a distraction. You only have to look at Cristiano Ronaldo at Manchester United you know, almost completely um, uh, ruined United's season uh, last year before he left in December because it was all about him. 
So Andrew's been able to construct a team that he wants. Uh, obviously, he's had a bit of money from the sale as well. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's got them playing in his own image. And the one thing that I've been really impressed with, not just the attacking flair that they've shown, but when they went down to 10 men uh, against Luton in their last Premier League game, they had to play the second half with, with uh, 10 men. And they showed they had a fortitude about them as well, uh, defensive resilience um, to go with that attacking flair when they had their full complement of players. So it, it looks as though he's got, you know, a fantastic blend um, and his players have bought into what he wants them to do. So th- there's an, a lot of positives for Ange at the moment. The only caveat, as I say, it's still very early. Hmm. Um, have they got the depth of squad to compete over 38 games with the likes of Manchester City, Liverpool, Arsenal? That remains to be seen. But uh, he's enjoying it at the moment, and why shouldn't he? Does a strong Australian presence, I know as a manager, not as a player, but... Uh, Australian presence overseas, especially in the EPL, which gets a lot of publicity here in Australia, translate to a positive amount of new eyeballs or more eyeballs on our game here, which is in the men's side of things about to kick off? Well, look, that's a $64 million question, isn't it? And, Mm. uh, you know, I said on a radio show a couple of weeks ago, probably a lot of the same people who are eulogising Ange today uh, are some of the same people who are saying when he was at Brisbane, oh, well, it's only the A-League, you know, he's not that good. Uh, And as I I mentioned on that radio show, this is where the journey starts. Um, Mm. It'd be nice if more people recognised that. It's not just Ange. During the off-season, we sold 16 players from the A-League men's competition to European clubs. So we're doing something right in this neck of the woods. Uh, we would love to have more fans come on board, but uh, it, it's about an emotional connection with the clubs, and you know that takes time. Uh, the, the other codes have been around a, an awful lot longer. People have got bonds with those clubs or their overseas football clubs, uh, so it's incumbent upon the clubs to, to build those relationships and and try and get more bums on seats in the stands and uh, more people watching on TV as well. Uh, there's no silver bullet to it. It's not going to happen overnight. Uh, but the success of people like Ange Postacoglu and, of course, in the women's game, the Matildas at the Women's World Cup, and we've seen the impact of that in the first round of the Liberty A-League, the women's competition last weekend, with a record crowd to the Sydney Derby, 11,500. Uh, they all help uh, to try and build w- what we're trying to do here as a sport. So it's real. The fallout uh, has been... a a massively positive one for the women's game in Australia, given how well we went in the World Cup? Well, yeah. Look, it's only, you know, week one. Um, yeah. So it's early days in that competition, but we've got an expanded league in uh, the women's competition. Uh, they, you know, they started off with it with a bang with the, the big Sydney Derby, Sydney FC and Western Sydney Wanderers. Great crowd for that. Uh, the F3 Derby, Central Coast and Newcastle had 5,000 as well. Um, so, you know, if, you, if you're looking for comparisons, you look at the AFLW crowds across the weekend. I think our crowds were, you know, over the course of the journey, a, a fair bit bigger. Uh, so it helps, um, but it's got to be sustained. And, uh, you know, th- that, that means getting people to become rusted on supporters. And that doesn't happen overnight. Uh, there's got to be incentives, you know, cheap tickets, uh, good accessibility in terms of the venues. Uh, and we've got to put a good product on the pitch. Um, and that was certainly the case this last weekend. I hope it's going to be the same for the men this coming weekend and that people turn up in their droves to support it. Talking to Simon Hill, host of the Global Game, which will return tonight at the new time, 8pm Australian Eastern Daylight 
time across the SEN network. We're talking to him thanks to OMF, Australian owned and designed. The OMF big spring sale is on now with up to 60% off selected mattresses. So who are the teams to watch in the A-League men's Simon? Good question. Um, I always end up with egg on my face uh, at the start of the season because really there's so much turnover in terms of playing personnel, coaches as well, across what is really the longest off-season in in world football. Uh, It's difficult to really put your finger on who is going to be uh, challenging right at the top. I'll go for the obvious suspects. Melbourne City have been there the last three years, but they've had a big changeover in terms of players. They've got half a new team, really. Uh, so whether they're going to be the same outfits, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Sydney FC have done very well in the Australia Cup, which is all we have to go on in terms of what we've seen on the pitch. Uh, they look a much stronger side this season. Brisbane Raw are going to be much better as well. Uh, Melbourne Victory have to have a better season than they had last time around. So that, that's a no-brainer. Uh, you, quite honestly, you can make a case for half a dozen teams. And I haven't even mentioned the current champion, Central Coast Mariners, who've also lost their coach uh, and a few players as well. So it's all a bit of an unknown, which, uh, which of course, makes it interesting. And, uh, you know, all the teams have, have got a chance. I'll let you save a bit of stuff for your show tonight rather than ask you a million questions. But I do want to ask you about the Socceroos. We face New Zealand tomorrow morning, I understand. Yeah, uh, we're playing the the All-Whites for uh, the resumption of a trophy that was last played for in 1954, the Soccer Ashes, uh, which was lost uh, in the late 1950s and thought that it was lost forever, but it was rediscovered uh, earlier this year. So they're going to play for that trophy for the first time in 69 years. It's uh, a wonderful trophy. In fact, unfortunately, it's not going to be there in London tonight because it's too fragile to travel all that way. Uh, but it's uh, basically the ashes of two cigars smoked <laughs> by Alec Gibb of Australia and George Campbell of New Zealand uh, after the 1923 Ashes series uh, and encased in a razor case that uh, belonged to a W. Fisher who uh, took it with him when he went to Gallipoli in 1915 and sealed in this wonderful uh, wooden sort of box with uh, mahogany from Australia and Uh, other woods from New Zealand. Uh, It's a lovely story and shows that our game has a long, long history in this country, uh, contrary to some of the the misconceptions that go around. So the first time in 69 years they'll play off for that trophy in uh, Brentford uh, in the wee small hours tomorrow morning. Great to have you, Simon. Nice story to finish it. And uh, we'll be listening tonight, 8 o'clock tonight, the Global Game. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Dwayne. Simon Hill having a chat thanks to OMF, Australian owned and designed. The OMF big, big spring sale is on now with up to 60% off on selected mattresses. The A-League men's season kicking off this weekend. A-League women's after a pretty good weekend last week, as we saw with a few texts uh, this week so far, saying the standard was fantastic. Dwayne's what for Kangan Institute. Unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enroll now. Well, it's great to have you company for Dwayne's Well, still a bit to come, so stick around, including Lost in the Wash. And, uh, well, a lot of text coming through that I wanted to read. There's quite a few nice texts coming through saying you're happy to have Simon Hill back. There's a few that are not so nice. One here, the World Game, question mark, and locally, really, really boring. Uh, appreciate your text as well. But uh, the A-League men's is kicking off this weekend, so we thought we'd give it some love. And Simon Hill is going to be a regular. So when we give, we get someone with that kind of authority as being available, we'll get him on to talk A-League as often 
as possible in the world game. Ange Postacoglu is doing some great things on the world stage, so it's good to be able to talk about that as well. One here on the text. Will you go to a Bundesliga match while you're in Germany? Pipe, your giant pretzel. Um, I won't be going to a Bundesliga match while I'm in Germany. I'm going to do some laps of the Nürburgring, which I'm looking forward to immensely and a little concerned and worried about and nervous about, but that's okay. Um, I did go and see Bayern Munich play at the Olympic Stadium in Germany quite a few years ago with a few of my mates from Geelong. So that was a bit of fun, and I have taken in a few soccer games whilst I've been overseas, EPL especially, uh, in London. But uh, no, I won't be going to one in Germany in uh, three or four weeks' time when I'm there. Other stuff that's been happening around that we haven't got to yet, and this is outside of Lost in the Wash. James Henderson, the board member for the new Tasmanian AFL club, and he's a prominent manager of the likes of Chris Fagan and Alistair Clarkson. So he manages them, and he's on the Tassie board. He was on SEN Tassie breakfast yesterday. So Henderson was also a member of the Tasmanian AFL task force that did all the legwork to get the Tassie team bid up and running and get it to be successful. Well, he was asked about the potential involvement of Alistair Clarkson or Chris Fagan in the Tasmanian club and whether they might be options as coach down the track. Here's his response to that. Two of your clients, Chris Fagan, Alistair Clarkson, highly respected football people, one of them a Tasmanian born and bred. Is there any chance that either of those two could be involved in the setting up or the Ooh. setup? Given Clarko's already done a little bit of work behind the scenes I think, previous uh, year. I think in the next two years, no. Um, Fags has got another two years on his Brisbane contract. Clarko's got four years to go at North Melbourne. Um, yeah, do the maths. <laughs> right? Probably starts to line up. But um, look, we're, we're lucky that there are so many Tasmanians in the system, the AFL system. And, and since this club was confirmed, uh, there, there's been extraordinary interest in helping out. However, all sorts of guys can. And, and um, yeah, maybe maybe Clarko and Fags, but there's a whole bunch of other names that have put their hand up and would be great additions to this club going forward. Yep. There it is. Maybe Clarko or Fags. Four years left for Alistair Clarkson at North Melbourne and then maybe. But you don't appoint Alistair Clarkson, I don't think, at North Melbourne for four years, thinking that it's only going to be four years. And is he going to be a premiership coach within the next four years? I kind of think that you approach Alistair Clarkson as a coach at North and you give him a four-year deal thinking that hopefully he'll be here for 10 and he'll be the next premiership coach. If he's only there for four I'm not sure he's going to be North Melbourne's next premiership coach. So that's the difficulty for Alistair Clarkson and for a North fan because we hear that all the time with players. Well, he's not going to be part of our next premiership team, so should we be playing him now? Well, Alistair Clarkson, you would hope, would be there for longer than four years and then jump into Tassie. But if you've got a thought on that, uh, North Melbourne fans or Brisbane fans, Chris Fagan, two years left at Brisbane and his chances of being the next Tassie coach. He's going to be older than Alistair Clarkson. Chris Fagan is, I think, the oldest coach in the AFL now. His chances are enhanced a lot more if he ends up being a premiership coach at the Brisbane Lions in the next two years, either one or two flags. But your thoughts, 0433 98 11 16 or 1300 736 736, the open line number. Uh, James, Henderson, James Henderson also asked about the timeline of rolling things out and the idea of bringing in an AFLW team first. So here's James Henderson on that. You know, I think, uh, look at the success of, of the Matildas and the whole engagement of sports fans all around the country in that team i think it'd be really cool for an elite sport team in this country to debut women ahead of men i think what we need to try to do is every every year 
from next year have something cool within our reach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think next year, as I said earlier, there'll be more involvement around the under 18 program. And then rolling beyond that, if you think of the sequence of it, perhaps we've got a women's team playing the VFL competition in 25, go flat out for the AFLW team in 26, Whew. VFL 27, and then the boys, de- the men debut in 2028. So each year, membership growing, engagement growing, passion growing, merchandise growing, you know, that's the journey. 2028 for the men's team in the AFL with the stadium with the roof. Couple of texts on the way to a break and then lost in the wash. After that, hey, Dwayne Ginnivan was a Hawthorne supporter growing up. That's from Sam. Sam, thanks for that. I wasn't aware of that. Dwayne, should Essendon have held off on Gresham and stayed Ginnivan? Well, that might be an option now for Essendon if Ginnivan is now available. Sammy Edmund is telling us he might be. Um, high pipe. Uh, Ginnivan can't stay home the night before the grand final. Chooses to head to the races. Damaged goods, Jason from Druin. Yeah, I'm not sure that makes him damaged goods, but uh, he did choose that option, and his coach wasn't all that happy about it. G'day, Dwayne Ginnaman for Cozzy. As a Hawks fan, happy to see Cozzy go. That's from Neil as well. Uh, hey, Pipe, hope you read this out. Until recently, had zero EPL interest, but Ange's achievements so far, well, got we all got Tottenham shirts on the weekend. Have a good day, Kaysen. Thanks for that. As well, Owen, oh, one here on our earlier caller. Well, there's still about 100 texts on our earlier caller. Um, Dwayne, 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 can you please give us a forewarning if you're going to poke the Collingwood Hornets nest so I can get the popcorn ready, have a day off, study, loving the show today, keep it rolling as it is, please. Laura, thanks for your text as always. Um, great to have so many texts come through today on that 40 Wings temper text, 0433981116. One here. How good was Adam Zampa last night? Forfer, go Aussies from Push Up Paulie. He was great last night. Gee, they were struggling early with the ball, the Aussies, but if you didn't hear, Australia defeated South, South uh, Sri Lanka last night, I should say. South Africa undefeated in the tournament so far. So the Aussies defeated Sri Lanka last night by, I think it was 88 balls. In the end, Marsh, 52. Inglis, 58. So bringing in Josh Inglis has been a good move so far. Steve Smith out for a duck, but Adam Zampa, four for 47. So he was, in the end, the star of the show. Back to your calls. Back to your texts. A trade update for tyre power. power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Well, it's been a bit happening, but not a lot happening. So if you didn't hear, Shane McAdam has left Adelaide. He's gone to Melbourne for a future second-round pick. So Melbourne's second-round pick next year, that has been done. And it's been reported by Sammy Edmund and co that now that Lockie Shields is a calling with Jack Ginnivan, might be up for grabs. And Cameron and Lyle Plenty has called about Jack Ginnivan. What can you, Cameron? How are we, fellas? Good. Um... I just can see this panning out exactly like James Stevenson leaving the uh, biggest club in the land and then turning into a bit of a nobody once you, once you leave the pies. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, well, Jaden Stevenson, I think even though he won the Rising Star, didn't quite have the big game runs on the board that I think Jack Ginnivan's played some pretty big games on Anzac Day, etc. So he's got a couple of big game runs. Look, you might end up being right, Cameron. Maybe in my mind, my initial answer is to think of the bright side and the glass half full and hope you're wrong. But, yeah, you might end up being right. That's the bottom line. You could be. 
Yeah, definitely. I also think he's an absolute cult hero at the Pies as well. Like he's loved every time he goes near the footy, you should hear the crowd. They just go off their heads. So, yeah, who knows? Could be a massive mistake, but hope it works out for him. Yeah, it's an interesting call though, Cameron. So you're a Collingwood man. You'd rather keep him? Yeah, 100% keep him, mate. He's a cult here at the club. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you've got an opinion on that, one three hundred seven three six seven three six, or on the text oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. A couple on the text. One here uh, while we're talking trades. I hope Port stick to their guns and not budge on Radagalia. Uh, Geelong have been difficult for years. Jordan Clark and Ollie Henry, to name a few examples. It's time for another club, uh, other clubs to Geelong stop being dictators during the trade period. Thanks for that. Andrew Mackey's kind of newish in the role, so it's not Stephen Wells uh, leaving the charge anymore. Andrew Mackey now taking control, but maybe that's the Geelong style and they're playing hardball. But Radigalier is their player and Port trying to get him out. So Port are really the ones with the onus on them. Uh, don't barrack for either team, but how good would it be for the Pies to unveil their flag against the Ds on a big Friday night in round two? Would be nice and spicy from Glenn. That's in reaction to Collingwood maybe opening their season in Sydney against the Giants at either the Olympic Stadium or the SCG. So play an away game and then unfurl the flag in round two. Dale in Melbourne, what can you do, Dale? How you going, Dwayne? Um, Good. Sorry for saying that. I know you're going well. It's all right. <laughs> uh, and thank you to all the people who work behind the scenes at SCN because uh, without them, you wouldn't have you. Uh, with Ginnivan, um look, I'm a Collingwood supporter. I think he's got a lot of upside. I think if he goes elsewhere, he's still going to be a good player, but I've noticed since Graham Wright's come to Collingwood, everybody's tradable. There's, um, they just look at the thing, they manage lists. He was the same at Hawthorne. Um, it's whatever benefits the football club as a whole. And sometimes you've got to give something to get something, and uh, that's football. So we just got to live with it. The fact that these cult heroes and the, the players that our kids have their name on the back of their jumper, they're going to go. You've got to explain that to your kids, yeah. Dale. It's just the way of the world. Yep, and if you remember back in Geelong many years ago, a number eight, I think he was Robert Scott, the most popular jumper. Geelong got rid of him. It doesn't matter. It's about the football club. Now, I suppose Gary Ablett Jr. left Geelong as well, so uh, there wasn't too many more popular than Gary Ablett Jr. at the time. Uh, great to have you called, Dale. Thanks for weighing in. Uh, if you haven't heard, um, and I did tell you a couple of times, but uh, during trade updates during the day, Shane McAdam has gone to Melbourne, but we haven't heard from... Adelaide List Manager Justin Reid speaking about it. So a short time ago, he was on Trade Radio talking about the Shane McAdam for a future second-round pick deal with Melbourne. Yeah, guys, obviously uh, we're keen to keep Shane, but obviously being out of contract, um, you know, he certainly had some strength and desire to get to Melbourne. So, yeah, working through that future too certainly puts us in a strong position uh, going into the draft next year. He was also asked about the club's interest in Harrison Petty, who looks like he's going nowhere, staying at Melbourne, now Melbourne shut that down. Here's Reid on that. I think, look, respectfully, you know, Harry's a, a contracted player, but obviously certainly aware of his strong desire to get home and, and will want to at some stage. But as again, he's a, he's a contracted player and, you know, any South Australian or player that's keen to get home will we'll certainly look at those opportunities. But um, again, as Lammy said yesterday, uh, 100% he'll be at the Melbourne Footy Club next year. Not to say things won't change in the next 24 hours, boys, but highly unlikely. There you go. Things could always change. So it's been coming from One Direction Trade Radio, mainly Sammy Edmund and Tom Morris, the Ginneman stuff, but it's now coming from multiple directions. Peter Ryan 
now reporting that Hawthorne is interested in a deal with Ginnivan, but whether a deal can be done will be dependent on terms, according to Peter Ryan, as they seek to get deals done. Also for Marbia Chol, Massimo D'Ambrosio and Jack Gunston. And if you didn't hear Sammy Edmund on Ginnivan and that story earlier on, here is Sammy Edmund from Trade Radio. Impeccable sources state Hawthorne absolutely in the box wow. seat to secure Jack Ginnivan, who has recently returned from a Bali break. Mm-hmm. And my mail is he might have even been meeting with Hawthorne today to finalise what a new contract would look like out at Waverley Park. There it is from Sammy Eben. A break. Lost in the wash. Next. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Should have got to it by now, but it's been lost in the wash. We'll take your calls and send through your text on already a few outs. Lost in the wash time. What's been lost in the wash for rjsanderson.com.au. RJ Sanderson and Associates are accountants and taxation specialists. Take the stress out of tax. If you're new to lost in the wash, what should we have got to by now? I haven't spoken about it at all, but it should have been given a run. If you've got one, one three hundred seven three six seven three six or 433 98 In the NFL, if you don't want to know the score, haven't given one today. So if you don't want to know the score, then turn your radio down. But uh, it was Cowboys and the LA Chargers in LA today, and the Cowboys won 20 to 17. So Dallas Cowboys winning. Major League Baseball is down to four teams now as well. If you know anything about Major League Baseball, then uh, by all means, uh, give me a call if you like, or send through a text. Who wins it? So at the moment, the Texas Rangers, I think, are the favourites. They beat, I think they've taken a 2 little lead, turn nil lead against Houston. So they won 5 4 and have taken a 2 nil lead. And Philadelphia leads the Arizona Diamondbacks 1-0 after a 5-3 win in that one. So if you've got a bit of an update on who might win the whole thing, given that, uh, given the, those score lines that I've just given you, it sounds like um, Texas are going to be the favourites going through, then give us a call or send through a text as well. Some uh, fans of Rugby Union have been pretty hot on the text today, the fact that we haven't given it a mention yet. We did give it a mention briefly earlier about the fact that Eddie Jones is staying, so... Here's a little bit of Eddie Jones himself at the press conference. He's reaffirmed that he is staying as coach of the Wallabies, continuing to deny reports linking his move to Japan. So he spoke to the media earlier today. Here's Eddie Jones. Uh, no, staying, mate. Uh, always been committed to Australian rugby. Uh, I want to leave it in a better place. And that's still the job, mate. Long term? Uh, well, I'm committed to make a better place. What does that mean? Well, it's not not absolutely my decision, is it? Yeah, we've got a review going forward, and we'll see what happens at the end of the review. Are you worried you're going to get sacked? Uh, No, no, not worried. I don't control those sort of things. All I can do is coach. Yeah, I went to the World Cup, came in a short period of time, had to make a decision on, on the team, made a decision we needed to go with youth, and whilst... The results of the World Cup weren't the results we wanted. I think I've left left the Australian team in a great position to go on to 2027. And, you know, that judgment will be decided by by the 2027 World Cup. Hey, you've denied that you've spoken to the Japanese rugby union. Have you spoken to any third parties about this position? Third parties, what does that mean, mate? Recruitment agencies, for example, executive search parties. Have you spoken to anybody like that? Not that I'm aware of. Eddie, there are a number of separate news organisations who have cited separate sources in a couple of occasions, a number of different sources to say that you were either speaking to the Japanese rugby union or representatives of the Japanese rugby union. Can you explain whether those 
those reports were all inaccurate. Have you been talking to anybody? I haven't been speaking to anyone, mate. I so said no that before. No corporations. That's correct. I've got no idea, mate. Have you spoken to the Japanese president? He's, a, he's an old friend of yours. Not for a long time. There were reports that you guys had private discussions about Oh, really? Yeah. no idea, mate. I guess it would be easy for you to say, the, I'm here from now up until the World Cup. No doubt about it. Oh, well, that's the intention, mate. But uh, as you know, we play in, a, play in a game where the coach doesn't decide how long they stay. Have you got support from Rugby Australia? Uh, I believe so. But, you know, we've got to do a review. And obviously the results were disappointing. Everyone's gutted by it, uh, uh, especially myself. Um, but I stand by the decisions we've made, and I think we've left Australian rugby in a better position. And do you have any break clauses in your contract that, like, for whatever reason, could see you leave early? Well, that's not really for you to discuss, mate. What? Is it? That's a private discussion between Rugby Australia and myself, which I'd be breaking confidentiality if I said that. Is that all right? Eddie Jones earlier today, uh, he has been pushed a few times by journalists, but telling the world he's staying and hasn't been speaking to any Japanese officials about coaching Japan. Paul and Eltham's got a lost in the wash. Welcome to you, Paul. Hey, Dwayne, did you hear that Minwoo Lee won the Macau Open? He was 30 over. He had 27 birdies and two eagles and two bogeys over four rounds of golf. Um, I think, I think he said 30 over. He was 30 under, yeah? 30 under to win. It was amazing. Amazing. How easy is the course in Macau? Well, it, it looked easy, but there was some tough holes. And it look, it's not the same setup as some a European or a US course. And the, is the, the, the class of player wasn't uh, huge. But still, it's still another feather in his bow. I think he's coming a long way and he's going to and I, I don't know whether he's come to Australia for um, um, the Australian Open or whatever. It'd be great to see him. No, good call. Uh, really appreciate you jumping on. Has been lost in the wash. Should have got to it by now. Didn't, but it is good to see another Aussie winning on the world stage. Good call, Paul. Darren in Frankston. Welcome to you, Darren. you got an update for me on the baseball, the Major League. Down to four teams. Who's going to win it? Well, I'm on the Texas Rangers myself, mate, but I think Philly's going to be hard to beat. So why are the they're, Phillies uh, going to be hard to beat? Oh, mate, they've got, they got some awesome awesome batters. They've got Bryce Harper, who was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, I think, at 18 years of age or something, and uh, they're, they're just a really good side, uh, the Philadelphia boys. Yeah. And they're 1-0 up against the Diamondbacks now, so they should get through that series and win the whole lot. Oh, they, they're going to take some stopping, for sure. Definitely. Yep, but and, uh, Texas are a good story. And while you got, while I got you down, what, what was this contract Bryce Harper signed? Because it was some ridiculous amount for some... Kane Corns is on about long-term contracts being killers. Uh, he signed a long-term big number, didn't he? I think it's the longest-term contract and biggest number of any... Sport professional in the world? Dwayne, I couldn't be exactly sure, mate, but I've heard of deals with those guys, you know, like pitchers, yep. five years for 96 mil. Uh, I've just Googled it. Bryce Harper signed a 13-year deal. Gee, Kane wouldn't get any sleep for a month. 
It's 13-year deal for 330 million. 13 years, 313, 330 million. An average annual salary of 25 mil. Um, there you go. Uh, hey, great to have you called, Darren. Thanks for the update, and I'll keep an eye on that as well. I normally watch the World Series. I'm one of these guys who, you know, watch the pointy end but don't watch any other games for the rest of the year. So I'll certainly be watching that. I'll certainly be watching Fox tonight. David King and the team are on Fox tonight, so it'll be interesting to see what they say tonight. And I'll be paying more close attention because I didn't necessarily hear David King say this about Jack Ginevan last night until we had a texter or a caller earlier on talking about what Kingy said about Ginevan staying on. I knew he said something about being a family club and Ginevan shouldn't leave. Uh, he should stay there, even though Schultz was traded to Collingwood. I knew that he'd said that, but here is Kingy from Fox Footy last night on Jack Ginevan. I'm a Jack Ginevan fan. Yep. And, and I think you're always learning in footy and some, some guys take a long while to learn who they are as a footballer, what they can be, what motivates them, you know, how to learn, how to live, um, both in-game and, and out of hours. And he's on that path. I mean, very rarely do you have a guy come in at his, his age last year and kick 40 goals in a season. They are hard to find. Mm. Everyone says, oh, we've got this bloke now, we've got the new model, let's throw that one out. It's not how it works. It's not how, It's a family environment. You bring them in, you challenge them. Hey, last year you come back as fat as a house yep. from pre-season and it cost you six weeks of footy. Don't let that happen to you again. Bang. He'll put on his, his list this year of off-season goals to come back, to run PBs, to challenge those others around the edges for that same position. So I don't see it as a bad thing. I, I don't know why we have to purge this guy because one other person's coming in. David King there on trading day last night. And one last one, cricket's push to get into the Olympics started the day before, I'm told, the start of the Beijing Olympics in 2008 when cricket greats like Adam Gilchrist, Ricky Potting, Steve Waugh, Kumar Sangakara, VVS Laxman and Surav Ganguly wrote an open letter throwing their weight behind the Olympic mission. And a year later, Gilchrist delivered a lecture at Lords where he declared that unlike other sports like baseball and basketball, elite cricketers would hold the Olympics up as their pinnacle. So Gilly spoke about it a long time ago. Here's Gilly again on SENWA Breakfast about it. <laughs> I, I don't know whether it's, it's an Olympic sport, given what we used to know as, as Olympic sports, and they are the ones like athletics and swimming that everyone gets in and has a crack. But, um, but I did say if the ICC um, want to grow the game globally, they should look to the Olympic Committee to get involved. And so to the Olympic Committee, they have always struggled to promote the Olympics to a, the level that it is around the world um, in the subcontinent, around where there's about one-fifth of the world's population. But Agreed. they've done it. They've done it. I said it in 2010. You got, did. It's, been noted. it's been noted, Adam. Adam Gilchrist with uh, Gilly, uh, with the Scotty Cummings and Tim Gossage uh, on SEN Breakfast. One text here, Eddie Jones uses mate in such a condescending manner. Um, there's a few that are coming at him after that little press conference. And uh, one here just confirming. In fact, my um, boss on the buttons, Mitch, producer of this show, has shown me a photo here on my phone that uh, Ginnivan did barrack for Hawthorne in a Hawthorne jumper with Sam Mitchell. So there you go. That texter was correct. He was a Hawthorne fan. It's time to unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enroll now. Kangan.edu.au RTO 3077 Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell.
been great to have your company for Dwayne's World today, as always. Back tomorrow for more Midday Matters. So two hours of your calls tomorrow at midday. Please jump on. It's the last day of the trade period, so we expect quite a bit to happen tomorrow. Probably won't happen during our shift tomorrow. Uh, it'll probably happen later. They'll probably save a few closer to deadline. But, hey, we'll bring you the coverage right throughout the day tomorrow as well as Andy and Gazy are going to straight after the break. So whatever does happen today, Andy and Gazy will be right on top of it. And don't forget that number. Put it in your phone and join me for Midday Matters tomorrow. That open line brought to us by Werribee Kia. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Werribee Kia ordered National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. And if you are on the market for a new or used car, then drop down and see David and Janan and Aid and Jim and Joey and the team at Werribee Kia. They'd love to see you. They'll look after you. And if your car needs a service and you want to take it into the Werribee Kia service department, they'll look after it nicely there as well. In fact, if you're a tradie, they can even organise a loan ute for you if you're a tradie and want to take your ute in for a service down at Werribee Kia. And 40 Winks and Temper, thanks to all of you sent through your texts on the 40 Winks and Temper text machine, 0433981116. I was actually having a chat via text to Jason from Temper. They've got the all-new Temper Pro. If you want to check out the Temper range, you can check out the Temper range online. Of course, it's T-E-M-P-U-R. If you're Googling Temper, T-E-M-P-U-R. And they have the most adaptive mattress ever. Uh, it's here, the Temper Pro, so you can check it out at 40 Winks. Drop into your local 40 Winks and check them out. Beaumont Tiles giving away a trip for two, by the way, to American Footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in-store at Beaumont's before November 12, and you're in with a chance to win. Terms and conditions apply. And time to celebrate some lives. Thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934. Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives. Happy birthday to former St Kilda captain Nick Rewalt and MasterChef winner, who turns 41 today, and a shout-out as well to four-time golf major winner Ernie Els, or Ernie Eels, as he's called here in Melbourne these days, who turns 54 today. Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives. That's it for me. It's all there on the podcast. If you want to download the whole podcast, have a listen back to any bits and pieces from the show or any shows that have happened this week or this month or this year. It's all there on the podcast. Check it out through the podcast or the, the website or the SEN app. But I'll be back tomorrow for Midday Matter, so please join me then. Andy and Gazy, looking forward to your company next.